0: What, 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 could be better than that? <laughs> wow, what an amazing week! I'm still kind of bubbling inside just to see all the children excited about the one that's the most important, Jesus Christ. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to Andy West for leading VBS. Shauna, uh, yes. again. Leading and all the volunteers. I mean, they served in an incredible way, so thank you so much for doing that. Um, we want to welcome our online campus. We want to welcome the uh, Kearney campus, who will be watching this via live stream today. And uh, we want to thank you that are here in person. I want you to do me a real big favor. There should have been handed to you an Orange Connect card. Can you please show me that card pick it up and wave it in the air like if you really do care and go no one got it no one got the orange connect card no one got the orange connect card can we get an orange connect card to everybody in the house and also online online uh if you're watching uh there's also an electronic connect card we'd love for you to fill that out electronically and let me tell you what happened during the pandemic how many of you know that that uh, during COVID when it came on and everything all across the world just began to get uh, discombobulated, is that a word? You know how our lives just kind of shifted, right? So one of the things that that we're called to do as shepherds here, elders, pastors, is uh, you are entrusted to our care. Did you know that? We will give an account, I will give an account For every word that I say uh, concerning the word of truth, but I also will give an account to how I handle the people that God brought into our path. And I I take that very seriously. So, this connect card is important to me. And and here's what I want you to do. Now, if you got it, just wave it in the air like if you you got it. I want to make sure that people got the card. So, we need who didn't get a card? Let's just do that. (laughs) That helps. That helps to understand why we're not getting any Connect cards. Keep your hands up. If you Just put, give them to each row, Lisa. Give them to each row and just have them pass them out. Um, so what I would love for you to do for me is on the card, on the card, um, on the back, it, on the front, it's just simple, your name, your address. If, we, if, we ha- if you're a member or regular attendee and we have your name, you don't have to worry about putting your address and all that. But um, on the back, on the back, there's two questions. The first question is, need God? I need God. Yeah, right here, uh, Monica. Right there in front of you, Monica. There's, there's, I, Linda needs one. Right, raise your hand, Linda. Do you need, need a card? Okay, they're getting it for you. Um, so one of the questions that says, need God, how can we pray for you? Does anyone need prayer for anything that's in the house today? We all need some kind of prayer, right? Either family members or, or a situation that we're going through. So let's agree together that when we pray, when we put it on the card, that God's going to hear from heaven and he's going to move. Amen? Now, the, the second box on the back, it says, Go, God. And Go, God is just saying, God did something extraordinary in my life this week how many of you have something that God has done? And if you can lower me down a little bit, Rick, that will be awesome. Uh, it, how many of you have someone or, or something that God has done in your life that you're like, only God could do that? Yeah. Only God. Put that on there so that we can, we can just testify together about what God is doing in our lives. It's important to us. It's important to God that we recognize him as the source of the, of the, of the gold gods, the testimonies in our life. So every week, I'm going to ask every week for you to at least fill out uh, your name on there. That, that way we know that you're here. L- let me tell you why we want to know that you're here. Because you're important to God. And you're important to the elders. And if you're not here for a, a, a long period of time, we can begin to check on you. Now, we're not going to be calling you weekly and saying, okay, why are you not here? Don't don't think that that's the way we operate. We're not going to text you every hour, where are you? No. But we want to know that you're okay. Amen? And, and if you've been away for a little bit, we, we want you to know that we're going to be praying. Because we want for the Lord to be ministering to your needs and to whatever you're going through. So Connect Card, if you do fill it out and then put it in the in the, in the giving stations, in the giving box that's at every door, um, that would be awesome for you to do that. And, uh, and then some of you, there's a uh, next steps. One says, I said yes to Jesus, and, and I think some of you will probably do that, and, and you can fill that out right there. Uh, you can check that, or I rededicated my life to, to Jesus Christ. And then some of you might want to get baptized. You can put that on the card as well. I want to get baptized. I want to take that next step. So a lot of good things that we can, we can do uh, with this card. Second very important announcement is uh, after second service, we have uh, a Newcomers Connect Luncheon, and that is a luncheon that, uh, that the staff and the leaders have with everyone so that you can get to know us and so we can get to know you. And, it's, it, again, we're not going to push ourselves on, on you. We're not going to, you know, hurt you in any way. We're not going to do anything that's going to scare you. We just want for you to hear the vision of the church, uh, know who we are. And, uh, and we want to get to know who you are. So that's after second service. If you've never been to a newcom- newcomers Connect lunch, uh, we'd love for you to be a part of that. The last thing that I'll talk about today, quick announcement is the, the month of June. For our change for change is Ukraine relief. I mentioned to you last week that we're partnering with a, a pastoral ministry, a, a local church there in, uh, in Holland right outside of Amsterdam. And they are housing uh, women and children refugees. They're picking them up in Poland at the border, and they're bringing them to, to Holland. And there's a lot of people across Europe that are doing that. And you know who's leading the way in relief of, uh, of Ukraine, uh, uh, the needs that are there for the refugees? You know who's leading the way? Christians. Jesus is leading the way, He always does. And so we're going to start out with, by sending a love gift to them. Uh, monetary gift, and then we're going to plan a trip, and uh, and then take a team down there to Holland and help them with what they're doing, and kind of see what what exactly is going on on the field. So uh, so we'd love for you to be a part of that. So just think about it. You can give online. You can give uh, you know in person in your giving envelope. Just put you cr- or change for change, and um, that'll go toward helping them over there. Uh, and I think God's going to do a lot of great things with that. So, how many of you are ready to get in the Word? Yeah. Um, we have been going through the Gospel of John. We're going to go into, uh, continue in chapter 5. Last week, we learned that Jesus said it, so don't forget it. And what he talked about is his equality with the Father. How many of you remember that? Jesus is co equal with the Father. That means he's God in the flesh. Amen? Jesus is not the father, right? Jesus is God the son. Later on, in about chapter 15, uh, we're going to hear about the other person of the Godhead. Person, hear me now. Not a force, not an it, but a person. The third person of the Godhead is who? The Holy Spirit, And so the Holy Spirit will come on the scene. So God is revealed to us in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now that concept, it's three persons, one God, that that reality, that truth can kind of blow us out of the water because God is transcendent. He's bigger than us. So you cannot try to figure out God in your own intellect, amen, because his ways are greater than our ways. But we begin to understand him through the life and the words of Jesus Christ, and that's important for all of us because Jesus is a life changer. How many of you heard the saying, the proof is in the pudding? Here, here's the proof that Jesus will reveal himself to be real. Historically, he's real, but also when he comes into your life, you'll see his power working in your life. Amen. And, and so today I, I wanna I, I wanna talk about the certainty of a witness because that's what Jesus will be talking about. How important is a credible witness to validate something that is true? If you have ever been in a court hearing, you really want a credible witness. Oftentimes, I have people reach out to me and they asked me to write them a character letter or a reference letter and what they're what they're wanting is is a reputable witness to testify on their behalf sometimes there's people that have been in trouble sometimes there's people that are looking for a job and they say pastor can you can you just write me a character reference and 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 that 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 witness has to them a lot of weight. Now, Jesus talks about how important it is for us to have a witness, and, and witnesses change everything. And if you have one reputable witness, that's wonderful. If you have two witnesses, it's even better. In fact, the more witnesses that you have, the greater it is to validate the truth. So when we talk about the resurrection, if you look at John chapter 15, the, the, the first part of it is talking about the, the, the certainty of a witness. Paul is writing there. He says he was, seen by, he was seen by James, and then he was seen by Peter, Cephas, and then he was seen by all the apostles, and then he was seen by the women, and then he was seen by 500 at one time. Now, it's hard to discredit the resurrection when there's that many witnesses to seeing Jesus alive after he rose from the dead. And so we find out that Jesus is going to be talking to the, to the religious leaders, to the people that are in his, in his circle. And he's gonna be talking about the certainty of a witness. Now here's, this is important. Jesus does not need a witness because he's God. But what you'll find is that people, people need a witness for uh, for, for their own faith. What did Thomas say when they were in the, in, in the gathering with the disciples, and the, the disciples come to them and say, we saw Jesus, he's alive and well. I won't believe until I see what? The holes in his hands, the hole in his side, and the holes in his feet. I won't believe. I need a witness. I need, I need certainty. And so you may be in here, and you may struggle with, with this Jesus thing. You may be watching, and you may struggle with this faith thing that we talk about. Well, Jesus is here to tell you that he'll, he'll give you Witnesses. And the witnesses are going to concrete his face. Now, isn't this incredible? That the Apostle John, as he's writing this gospel narrative, the good news narrative, that he picks out seven miraculous signs, only seven. he later on says Jesus did so many things that books would not be able to contain how many miracles that he did. But John picked out seven miracles. Seven is a perfect number. He picked seven miracles, and then in between those miracles, you hear Jesus teach. Now, why did the Holy Spirit have John write those, these teachings that we're going to read? Because they help concrete your faith. They help ground you and root you in God. See, if you're seeking miracles for miracles themselves, you will be like a, you'll be like a, a person that's tossed around in the waves, and there's people that seek miracles. But here's what you find out with Jesus: that He brings a lot more substance than just miracles. Amen. In, in between the miracles, in between the miracles, there's life. Right? In between all of the extraordinary, there's the ordinary things that, that we go through. And sometimes those ordinary things can try to pull us away from believing and trusting in Jesus. So as we read. Where he begins to validate who he is. That's important. You need to know, beloved, you need to know that Jesus is who he said he is. And that's why he said it's important for us to have a powerful witness, right? We're gonna go to verse 31, chapter 5, verse 31. And the religious leaders are very upset because, remember, remember he, had, he had claimed himself to be the son of God. Nobody else had ever done that. The prophets of old never did that. Elijah never said he's the son of God. Moses never said he's the son of God. Jesus claimed to be the son of God. And when he did that, he claimed equality. The, 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 the religious leaders, the Jewish leaders knew that when he said that, he was saying that he had the same equality with the father. Now he's gonna talk about a witness, okay? Verse 31. If I were to testify on my own behalf, my testimony would not be valid. This is Jesus talking. But someone else is also testifying about me. And I assure you that everything he says about me is true. Here comes the first witness. In fact, you sent investigators to listen to John the Baptist, and his testimony, t- testimony about me was true. Of course, he said, I have no need of human witness, but I say these things so that you might be saved. Now, that's important right there, amen? So the reason that the, 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 the credible witness is important to you and to me is so that we, are, that we know and we are assured in the comp- completeness of our salvation. That nothing will take our salvation. That's what Jesus is trying to to, to validate right here, right? So you might be saved. Verse 35, John was like a burning and shining lamp, and you were excited for a while about his message. But I have a greater witness than John. And here he's going on to more witnesses. My teachings and my miracles. The Father gave me these works to accomplish, and they prove that he sent me. And the Father who sent me has testified about me himself. You have never heard his voice or seen him face to face, and you do not have his message in your hearts because you do not believe me, the one who sent you. Let's pause right there. See, when Jesus talks, he testifies about the Father who he alone knows. He alone knows God because he alone has been with the Father. When he comes down, he testifies about the Father. So when you hear the words of Jesus, you hear the words of who? Of the Father. You hear the words of God. He said, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures, they point to me. Yet you refuse to come to me and receive this life. Everything happens through Jesus. Everything comes and goes through Jesus. Verse 41, your approval means nothing to me. That's important to me. Because so many times we try to live by the approval of man. But we should live, to, to, we should live our lives for the approval of God. So, so Jesus says, I'm going to tell you this. All these things that are happening are witnesses to who I am. But you're going to believe or you're not going to believe. That's between you. That's between you and, and, and the Father who's trying to draw you, to, to bring you. So it helps, it helps us when we're, when we're walking in this newness, in our faith in Jesus Christ, that when people do not want to come, all you can do is just trust the Lord. Amen? And, and seek for his approval. You, you, you don't, don't have to be worried about the people around you that, that, that you're trying to please. If you live to be a man pleaser or a woman pleaser, it's going to it's going to bring a lot of difficulty into your life. Jesus didn't live that way. He says, your approval means nothing to me because I know you don't have God's love Within you. For I have come to you in my Father's name and you have rejected me. Yet if others come in their own name, you gladly welcome them. No wonder you can't believe, for you gladly honor each other, but you don't care about the honor that comes from the one who is God alone. Verse 45. Yes, yet it isn't I who will accuse you before the Father, Moses will accuse you. Let's pause right there. It's important right there. Because for the Jewish people, Moses was everything. The law, the Torah, the Pentateuch was everything. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy were everything. And they're saying this is is what's going to teach us. We have the scriptures. Jesus says you have the scriptures, but the scriptures point to me. And if you don't have me, you don't have God. That's so important to us, beloved. If we don't have Jesus, we don't have God. If we have God, we have Jesus. Jesus is a life changer. He said things that no one else ever said. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me or through me. So he's teaching them. And and, and they're probably in awe. They're probably like, what in the world? Who is this guy trying to be? He was not trying to be, he was the great I am. He is the great I am. He is God in the flesh. Verse 45, yet it isn't, okay, I said that. Verse 46, if you really believe Moses, you would believe me because he wrote about me. But since you don't believe what he wrote, how will you believe what I say? And it, it, this, this is going to help us. It's going to help us to understand that the more Jesus you have in your life, the more you know God in your life. Amen? The more Jesus you have in your life, the more God you know in your life. You often hear me say, Jesus plus nothing is everything. Because anything, anytime that we add to Jesus or take away from Jesus, if we take away from Jesus, we take away from what God wants to reveal to us. If you add something to Jesus, you're putting things, restrictions or whatever it may be, into your walk that Jesus never put on you or anybody else. He's the one that changes our lives. He's the one that fulfills what only God could fulfill. So here's the three witnesses that validate Jesus as the Son of God. The first witness is John the Baptist. And we're teaching today. We're learning. We're going to dig deeper today. God called John the Baptist for this very purpose. He called him to be a forerunner and make the way for the Messiah. That Messiah is Jesus Christ. John the Baptist had the stamp of approval from God. God. When John the Baptist spoke, he didn't care about the approval of people. Most people thought that he was crazy. How do I know that? Jesus said, Jesus said you call John the, the Baptist a, a mad, crazy man? You call the son of man a, a, a glutton and a drunkard because he hangs around with, with sinners and tax collectors? Right? Most people thought John the Baptist was crazy, but he wasn't crazy. He, just did, not, he did not care about the approval of man. He cared and he said the things of God. And multitudes of people came. All the Jews came to him because God was with him. And he came for the very simple reason to be a witness for Jesus. In fact, John the Baptist Baptist said, I must decrease so that he will increase. His whole reason for living before he got beheaded by Herod for testifying to truth, saying, you have your brother's wife. He didn't care about what people were going to say or what they were going to do. He cared about God's approval. The Apostle John, uh, if you remember this, as we've been going through the series, he opens up in chapter 1, and John the Baptist comes on the scene. Now, John, the Apostle John, which we read the Gospel of John, that's the Apostle John who wrote the narrative. He's not John the Baptist. John the Baptist with another John, okay? And we read in, in verse 6, chapter 1, verse 6 through 8, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. So the, the whole grounds of what he did was to testify about Jesus. Now that's important to, to us because we are not the man or the woman We are a man or a woman who testify about the greatness of who? Of Jesus, right? John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell everyone about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Now, John the Baptist was a very honorable man. He was held in high esteem by the Jewish people. And though the leaders hated him because he called him on the carpet, they knew that he was legit. They knew that his life was a testimony to the goodness of God. And John the Baptist was continually pointing to Jesus. And he always reflected this truth I'm a man, just like all of you, but there's a man who's greater than all of us, and his name is Jesus Christ. So, so when, when, when they're, they're mad and they're struggling with Jesus because he healed the lame man who had been lame for 38 years. This is what the, the whole premise of this dialogue is. Is that Jesus had healed the lame man who, who was lame for 38 years. And the reason they were mad, let's, let's review, beloved. The reason that they were mad at him was because he was carrying the mat that Jesus says carry that mat because that was your identity for all these years. Your identity is I'm lame, I'm not going to be able to move forward. God, where are you? Jesus came into his life, he says, I'm here. He said, stand up, pick up your mat and begin to walk, right? The religious leaders saw that happen and instead of them being excited about what God had done in their life, they said, why are you carrying your mat? instead of them rejoicing in what God has done this is important to us beloved because remember what i've been saying religion will keep you from experiencing the power of god so now jesus talks he, he testifies about who he is and he talks about him him being one with the father okay that's where we talks about him being equal with the father not the father And then he comes to this place. I'm going to give you some witnesses. And he starts with John the Baptist. Why? Because we have to go to the then and there before we go to the here and now. The then and there. They knew who John the Baptist was. They knew that he testified truth. And they knew that he always pointed people to Jesus. Again, in in chapter 1 of John's gospel, John saw Jesus coming toward him. And he said, look, look, look. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's the one that I was talking about when I said, a man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. Now, in, in, in our humanness and in our, in our flesh, when we look at John's life to Jesus' life, who was born first? John. John was six months older than his cousin Jesus Christ. Jesus, the son of Mary, who was a virgin. Now nobody else, these religious leaders don't know this. They, they, they're just looking at everything from, 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 from what's going on right there. They just see this Jesus and they don't understand all these things that, that Gabriel came to Mary and that he said you're gonna, a virgin is going to conceive, you're going to conceive a son that's going to be the son of God. Jesus knew that. And we that are in here, we, we, we have some kind of an idea because most of us that are reading the scriptures, we begin to understand that Jesus is that is that Emmanuel, God with us, that was born of a virgin. Amen? And we begin to understand. But, but at that time, and the then and there, Jesus was progressively teaching them and saying, okay, you hear my testimony, you hear me. What I'm saying, now I'm going to give you witnesses. John the Baptist, who said, here comes the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Every single person that was hearing his speech had sins. Just like every person that's sitting in this sanctuary, we all have sins. And the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world has no sins. And he identified with sinful man... That's why he came to the earth to identify with sinful men and women, to identify. He he was baptized. Jesus didn't need to be baptized. He didn't need to be baptized. Why did he get baptized? To identify with people and say, This is the way. When 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 you come and you get baptized, you're saying, I'm doing an external thing about that reveals what I did internally. I received Jesus into my heart. I confessed him as my Lord. And now externally, I want everybody to know that. And so all these things are so important to us walking in truth. So he says, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He was the one that I was talking about when I said, a man comes after me who is far greater than I am, and he existed long before me. Right? Now, he was a continuous witness to validate that Jesus was the Son of God, not for the sake of Jesus, but for the sake of the people. There there was an enemy that did not want for them to believe. And religion would try to blind their eyes. That's why Jesus said to them in, in verse 32 and 33, someone else is also testifying about me, because religion was blinding them. Remember, they here's a man that had been healed. That's the whole reason that they're having this conversation. Someone else is also testifying about me, and I assure you that everything he says about me is true. In fact, you sent investigators to listen to John the Baptist, and his testimony about me was true. Right? Now, he he, he goes on. How important is John the Baptist? He goes on to say this. He says, I have no need of a human witness. But I say these things so that you might be saved. And then he goes on, he says, John was like this burning and shining light light, and you were excited about it uh, for a while. You were excited about his message. Now now that helps us, beloved, because the testimony of John points to Jesus, but he also points to us about truth. It, It points to me that I need Jesus for my past sins, but I also need Jesus for my present sins. And I need Jesus for my future sins. You see, the truth of the matter is that we're all a work in progress. Amen? All of us are are, are whips, not wimps, whips, work in progress. And John the Baptist testified about the fact that that we need the Lamb of God who takes away our sins, no matter what season that we're in. So whether you're sitting in the in the sound booth or you're or you're sitting in this sanctuary in the middle in the middle area or the outside areas or you're in watching online, all of us need Jesus every day and every minute of our lives. And the reason that John's testimony is so important is because he testified and told those people that were in his audience that very fact. He said, There's someone that's coming that's greater than me. Get your eyes off of me. One of the things that I really try to emphasize is it doesn't matter who's standing in this pulpit. doesn't matter who you're watching on TV, who you listen to on your podcast. They're not your savior. Jesus is. People are going to come and go. That's what John the Baptist was testifying about. Get your eyes off of me. There's someone that's greater than me, and the the one that's greater than me is Jesus. I can't even untie his sandals. I'm not worthy to do that. Now, here's a second witness the second witness is the teachings of Jesus. How many of you in here have read the teachings of Jesus in the Bible? Anyone, just raise your hand. Do you ever read the teachings of Jesus? How many of you are ever astonished by his words? No one has ever taught like him. And Jesus, he says, you think John the Baptist is a good, is a good witness? He says, I have a greater witness than John. And then he says, my teachings are a greater witness than John. Nobody has spoken like Jesus. He, he, he's greater than a good moral teacher, which religion puts him in that, in that box. He spoke like No one had ever spoken before because he spoke with authority. See, when I speak, I speak about his words. I'm not giving you my words because my words aren't going to change you. His word will change you because he is the living word. Amen? That's why it's so important, beloved. This is so important for you. If you take in his word every day, if you take in his word and let that penetrate and permeate your soul, it will extract all the poison and toxicity that we have in this life. I mean, there's all kinds of of messages that are coming at us. You can turn on the news and you hear all these different messages. You can watch a program. You can read a book. You can read these these great philosophers. You can read these great coaches that are helping people, and they all have messages, but no one, No one speaks like Jesus Christ. And his teaching is a witness of who he is. Matthew put it like this in Matthew chapter 7. That's the Beatitudes. Uh, He said this, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching for he taught with real authority, unlike their teachers of religious law. The reason that he taught with authority is because he is the final authority. Amen? When you hear the words of Jesus Christ, you hear the words of God. That's why I continually say to you, and always remember this, if I say something that contradicts what he says, you believe the word of truth instead of the man that's speaking. Amen? Amen? See, the the greatest injustice that a a preacher, a teacher, a pastor could ever do is not to lead people to get in the word and hear the words of Jesus himself. Amen? Every one of us, every one of you, and me included, should be in the word. We should be hearing the voice of Jesus himself. And we hear it through the words in the Bible. The, The writer of Hebrews put it like this, For the word of God is alive. So that means it's a living word. And it's powerful. And it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. In other words, have you ever read the, the, the word of truth? Have you ever read the Bible? And, and it, it convicts you of something that you're living in. It, it cuts through through all the, the, the moral, all the, the life-giving source in your, in, your, in, your, in your body, your spirit, your soul. And it cuts through all that. And it takes all the things out of your life that need to be taken out. Exactly what he's saying right here. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts between soul and spirit, between joint and moral. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. If you if you want to to change those 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 evil thoughts, those those uh, those things, those immoral thoughts that are coming into your life, the only way you're going to change them is with truth. The more truth you have in your life the more you can get rid of false in your life. I was talking to a young man just this week, and, and, and he, he said I, I, in our conversation, without him even saying it, I could tell that he felt unworthy. He felt unworthy because of choices that he's made in his life. And, 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 and he felt condemned. When I, when I speak to you guys about when you come into the, uh, a, a gathering in the house of God, you should never leave here without hope. You can leave here convicted. You can leave here feeling like, you know what, my life, I need to change some things in my life. But you need to know that there's hope with Jesus. And the only thing the word of God does, which is very good for us, is it begins to cut through, through your life and, and, and through all the, the, the good and the bad it begins to cut. And it's trying to cut the bad out of your life. He's trying to cut the, the bad thoughts, trying to take those bad thoughts out of your mind. But you've got to let the the, the Lord speak to you through his word. So as I'm talking to this young person and we're, and we're talking about his situation, he, he's, talk, he, he's saying, you know, he just, I could just see he was downcast. He just felt so bad. I said, here's the thing. You're trying to measure yourself up with other people. Can I tell you, you're just as worthy as God anybody that's walking this face of the earth you're just as worthy as me don't try to compare yourself with me you are worthy to god and he loves you but he wants to take you out of this place that you're in that you're at and he wants to speak truth into your life and believe that you are good and you're worthy of his love And there may be someone in here that you don't feel worthy. You need to know that God loves you so much that He sent the very best for you. That's how much He loves you. His teachings is is what helps us to understand that. You can trust His word, you can can live His word. His word will save you, His word will build your faith. Uh, The writer of Romans, the Apostle Paul said, Faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. His word will transform us from the inside out. Let me tell you how important the teachings of Jesus are. When he sent his disciples out before he ascended to heaven, he didn't tell them to start country clubs. Churches are not country clubs, churches are not social clubs. Churches are not babysitting places. Now, God can use those things. You can have a place that you can be social. You can have a place that that you, you, like going to the country club, that you say, man, that was awesome. I just had a great experience. But you know what a church is? A church is a place where you hear the voice of God through his word. It's where you hear the teachings of Jesus. In fact, this is what Jesus told his disciples as they were going out. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So that helps us right there in Matthew's gospel, helps us to understand the Trinity. Amen? He didn't say go and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Father only. The Father and the Son. He didn't say the Father and the Son only. He said the Father, the Son, and who? And the Holy Spirit. Okay, he didn't stop right there. He said, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. Notice, he didn't say, he didn't say I want you to go and, 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 and reflect on the Torah. I don't want you to reflect on the teachings of Moses. All of those are going to point to me. He said, teach them all the things that I have taught you. And that is important for every follower of God that we hear the voice of Jesus. And his teachings, because that's what will change our lives and keep us secure in our salvation. Let me me just ask you a quick question. How many of you believe that when Jesus saved you, saved you, and saves you, that you're saved for good? How many of you believe that? I believe that. I believe that that the, the blood that he shed at Calvary was powerful enough to cleanse me of my past sins, my present sins, and my future sins. I've lived life long enough, I've walked with God long enough to know that I'm not perfect. I've lived life long enough to know that I fail at times. I failed before Christ, I fail even when I walk with Christ, and I know I'm going to fail Christ in the future. But here's the thing, my salvation is never in question because Jesus saved me for good. Right? We're saved by grace through what? Through faith, not by works, lest you what? The, lest you brag. And let me tell you something: if the church is a is a place where everybody boasts, it becomes heaven isn't heaven anymore. It becomes hell. You ever been with someone that talks about themselves and all the things that they've done? is hell. The only one that's going to get all the credit is Jesus Christ. Amen. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing. That's we learn that from His teachings, and it helps us to walk. In his powers, which is the third witness, the third witness of who, that Jesus is the Son of God is the miracles of Jesus. Here's what I want you to to grab a hold of: that Jesus Christ is still doing miracles today; that there are no limits on God. No matter what we're facing, God is bigger than. No matter what you have before you, God is bigger than. And the reason that the miracles are so important is because they are a greater witness than John. He said, There's a greater witness than than what John said. My teachings and my what? My miracles. Everywhere that Jesus walked and everywhere that he went, there were wonders, there were signs. And there were miracles. Signs point. Wonders make you go, ah. And miracles are a witness to the greatness of Jesus Christ. This is important, beloved. This is so important. A church where Jesus is glorified should always have signs, wonders, and miracles. You should always, if Jesus is in this place... And we're glorifying his name. There should always be something greater than us happening because it's not us, it's Jesus Christ. And Jesus is not dead, he's alive and well. The the remember in John chapter three, Nico comes on the scene. He's important to us. Nicodemus is very important to us. He comes on the scene. He he he's he's watching Jesus. They're talking about Jesus. He's amongst the religious leaders. And and he comes to him by night because he's afraid of of what the religious leaders are going to say. Let's read it real quick. John 3, verse 1 and 2. This is important. There was a man named Nicodemus. He was a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. Now, we don't know in the the text in chapter 5. This is chapter 3, but chapter 5, he's one of the religious leaders. You don't know if he was amongst those people that were questioning Jesus. It doesn't tell us that. But we know that he's a religious leader. Amen? Amen. So we know that he was amongst them at at times. And so in chapter three he says he says he says after dark one evening he came to speak with Jesus. So in other words, the teaching of Jesus were important. And he said Rabbi, which means teacher. He said we all know that God has sent you to teach us because your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. So. His miracles and signs point to the reality that he is God in the flesh. Now, why do I say that, beloved? Why do I say that? It's because your circumstance is not hopeless if Jesus is in your life. It's not the end of the story. Your circumstance is not gonna dictate or define your life. Jesus Christ will. And as long as Jesus is in our life, There is a potential for miraculous power to be there as well. Amen? And his power is a witness to how great he is. Um, Verse 30 and 31 of, 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 uh, of John's gospel in chapter 20, I believe. It says, The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. And that's where I, I, I wanted you to I wanted to end this sermon with this scripture, because John only picks seven, seven miracles. but then he testifies to this in in, in the, the last chapter, chapter twenty which is the chapter before he, he closes. He says, the disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book, but these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. And that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. Here's how I want to close. I want to close by saying this. How many of you in here are assured of your salvation because you've trusted in Jesus Christ? Yeah. How many of you in here believe that Jesus still has power to do miracles in your life? He does. How many of you believe that when you hear his teachings in the Bible, when you read his teachings, like I say here because we should be listening to his teachings, not just reading. There's a difference between reading a book and hearing the voice of God in Scripture. But how many of you believe that when you hear his teachings, that you're hearing God speak to you? Because that he is speaking to you now. Here's, here's what I want you to know. If you're watching online or you're in Kearney, here's what I want you to know. The reason that the Apostle John wrote this in Scripture... He could have wrote a lot more miracles. He tells us that. Amen? He said he did all kinds of miracles. He could be, he could be giving miracle after miracle. The reason he said this is because this will ground you to hold on to Jesus no matter what you're going through. If you've ever been through a season of difficulty, I need these words. That there's a witness that Jesus is who he said he is. John the Baptist his teachings, and his miracles. And when you leave here today, if you don't believe, test it. Because Jesus is true. Amen? For those of you that have an agnostic friend, a person who maybe is, is an atheist friend, family member, can I tell you something? Jesus will always prove himself to be true. You can rely on Jesus, amen? And hold on to his word because he will prove himself. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this time that we've had. Lord, I just pray for every person that is sitting in this place of worship. I pray for every person that is watching online and every person that is in the Kearney campus. I pray that you fill them with your presence. Holy Spirit, come amongst us. Reveal the goodness of God. And lead us in truth that points to Jesus Christ as Lord. And we will be very careful to give you all the glory and all the praise. And we pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said a big amen and amen that stand up and worship our King.